distract you? It's time. Yeah, you distracted me. Okay, there's the elephant. <laughs> there are moments that are just amusing. And having fun is what we do here on the Suicide Prevention Show. So we are waking up the world with the power of positivity. We are here to make suicide, especially teen suicide, a thing of the past. And I just want to take a moment and share with you the journey we are going to go on together now, because I'm super excited. We are going to take an attitude and transform this. This is the age of transformation. And we've been busy doing our whole lives. We're going to go into the world of true transformation, learning how to just be with Jenna Smith. So Jenna, join me in the studio. And as she magically turns on her camera and appears, we will get ready to greet her. Uh-oh, it didn't happen yet. So let's just see. There we go. No, hold on. She's Jenna, you should have the power now. Welcome to the magic behind the curtain. There we go. All right. You just have to unmute as well, and then we'll be able to hear you. So when we can get the microphone on. There we go. I can hear you now. There we go. I'm so used to coming in without it turned off. <laughs> uh, they were good. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. Expectations, you know? And, and, there are some glitches at today. Apparently, sometimes some controls work and sometimes they don't. It's a live show. This stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just did, I tuned in to uh, Tyler's um, piece there for the last 30 minutes. So it actually goes really well into what we're going to be talking about today. So that's great. You know, I, I love the scheduling genie because I don't take any credit. I am not the one who gets any credit for the fact that topics flow from one to the other. That mm -hmm. is totally up to the universe and mm -hmm. what you do. Everybody's independent schedules and it always works. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And that's, and that's what we're gonna be talking about. So I'll leave you oh. to guide me to where we wanna go. Well, we'll start with something really simple and just some background. This whole transformation topic, when did this become a thing for you in your world? Never been asked that before. <laughs> when did this become Welcome a thing for to you in my world. The show. Yeah. Welcome to the yes. show. I, I am not your typical, I should come with a disclaimer. I'm not your typical interview host. <laughs> and I take all of my um, questions from divine guidance. Awesome. So there we go. Divine guidance says, when did transformation become a thing for you? Well, I'm going to discuss what does, what does transformation mean? I think it's one of those words. Um, you know, for me, the biggest thing growing up was that I was an intuitive and I was an empath and I could feel things, but other people weren't engaging in those similar, they, I mean, everyone has it. Everyone has the ability to feel feelings and, but everyone suppresses it. So transformation for me showed up when I learned transformational coaching, but my entire life has been bopping between worlds. 
ah. between feeling more at home in nature than in the Roman Catholic church when we had to like stand up, sit down, listen to this guy, tell me what to do. Like none of that truly all resonated with me. So it was, I was always bridging between the worlds either way. And then transformation for me became the ability to own and know all of your human abilities and capabilities, like emotions and relationships and healing your past. So that's the, the psychotherapy end of things, the recovery end of things. Whereas, um, you know, typically with my transformational mindset, it's how do we become, how do we create from creation versus a reaction? versus past programming versus ancestry, etc. So transformation to me is a capacity to go from one way of being to another, while still maintaining authentically who you are, because you're actually becoming more of who you are. There we go, but maybe not who you thought you were. Yeah. Yeah, from your mind, like from your programming from that sense of small identity that we are kind of just we just kind of go along in our lives and we think we're this this identity this personality and we're so much more than that cool so when did i mean you've been on this journey because you've been aware of this duality for longer mm. than most people when yes. do most people start to become aware when life gets crappy <laughs> great answer <laughs> They don't kind of just go, you know, I'm going to try. I mean, I would say 1% of people would just be like, that's cool. I'm going to transform my life. I'm going to put effort in. I'm going to break down identities and who I thought I was. Like, it's not sexy. It really isn't. Like, it is hard. It is, it is challenging. And um, so, yeah, kind of like your life already usually is broken. And then people go, oh, my gosh, I have to do something different. Or their life is just trucking along. And everything's good, which is actually most of my clients, everything looks good and they've done all the things, but they don't feel deeply satisfied. Something's missing and they still have to kind of keep it up, uh, you know, because what that's what got them there. But trusting they're enough, you know, so there's the two things. Your life is complete shambles. Everything's breaking down or everything looks perfect, but you are not like, you know, you just don't feel like you're there. Like you can really feel it. So you've checked all the boxes, you've done all the things and there's not a sense of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That can be a pretty messy place for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause they're like grumpy. They're <laughs> like, where's my happy? I did all the things. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm 40, 50, 60, 70, you Where's know, we're happy. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So when somebody wants to start this journey and they want to answer the question, where's my happy? Yeah. What's the first step? Well, hmm. It's well, first it's to deconstruct happy. So there's, you know, what we think it should be or should feel like. And how I'm actually going to answer this question is um, we have an addiction to positive vibes and happy thinking and thinking positive. And speaking of, you know, teen suicide prevention, I believe in emotional diversity because mm -hmm. it's in alignment with energy. So energy isn't good or bad. It's just energy. 
So um, if we can take the polarity out of happy is good, sad is bad, ah. then we'll have freedom and possibility. Okay, so that's a big thing to unpack. Yep. <laughs> we can take the polarity out if we, if we have no judgment about good or bad. And some mm -hmm. of the most amazing philosophers of all times have tackled this topic. Oh, yes, yes. Then we'll have freedom. Mm -hmm. Freedom from what or freedom to what? nothing and everything. I mean, that's the thing, like, right, like, so freedom is freedom. Freedom is that you don't have to be happy. And by not having to be happy, you're free. I mean, that's the being place where there is, as soon as you try to put a construct on it, you're, you're no longer free. <laughs> well, and so it's, it's freedom from needing to feel a certain way. Absolutely. Yeah. And okay. judging that good or bad, right? I'm seeking this, I'm seeking this, and I'm rejecting this, I'm rejecting this. I mean, that's why it takes so much energy and effort and you're fighting life and you're always on versus our topic today, which is when you've done all the doing, you know, it's time for being. And being doesn't mean sitting on a hammock and oh, vision boards. Like it means it's, it's a way of being in the doing so you're being first and <laughs> doing so you could be doing nothing and you're good you could be doing something and you're aligned and on track got it so it's coming into the world coming living into the world from a place of um centeredness yep okay so i'm getting it i have like the language is like eluding me on this yeah mm -hmm. from a place of centeredness and then from a place of centeredness what do most people notice that changes well i notice it everyone so what i do is is bring people back to their original resources your body mind heart and spirit intelligence systems that creates the centeredness and as we start to weave these things back into your life, who you already are. So it's actually easy because it's already here, already working with you for you, but you're not there. <laughs> so, they, so it's like just bringing it back together, bringing your like uh, Taylor did some exercises on brain heart coherence and actually sensory, you know, being in your body. As those things start to weave back in and you get to be a more integrated, grounded person, um, a sense of contentment and less striving from a mental perspective, from an emotional perspective, um, people tend to feel a lot less drained, um, again, from not having to seek that thing or repress, you know, repressing emotions like holding down beach balls in water. It, it's a lot of work, but when you can just let that energy move, you now have more energy. Yeah. Definitely have more energy. Um, and then you're also more in a place of self-acceptance because there's good days and there's bad days. And I learned this, you know, working through a lot of trauma, I thought, okay, then there's a place where you're just happy all the time. And that's what healthy people are like. And then realizing, oh no, actually, 
you know, there's just this ebb and flow and seasons. And I, I call my moody days, the grumps. It's just, I'm just kind of grumpy. <laughs> I don't have to fix anything or drink a bottle of wine. I can just be grumpy <laughs> and it's okay. Uh, you know, so just this kind of sense of, uh, integration with life, you kind of sink into a rhythm. Okay. Yeah. So the challenge that so many people have with this is the fact that it's not easy to define what makes this worth pursuing. Mm. What, what, is, what makes the journey worthwhile? And you, know, you said you, a, a reduction in the exhaustion, you know, this, this from holding down the emotion. For many people, that's not going to be enough to motivate them because mm -hmm. this is what they're used to. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're used to the striving. We're used to the doing. To imagine, to help people imagine what it would be like without that. Okay, I see where you're going with it now. Yes, I have all those answers. <laughs> I, think, I, think I just have to ask better questions. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's like this piece right and i can say you know peace maybe doesn't sound that sexy but people that have been striving and feel like they're coming undone and feel like they're they're doing is isn't working anymore and they don't know who they are that relief is amazing second second to that is the deep inherent unconditional worth so this feeling of being worthy because we're inundated with not feeling good enough when you're back in tune with your resources your mind body heart and spirit intelligence systems your human and your being you don't even you don't like you don't even think am i worthy it's not even a question when you're only stuck in your mind and you're not embodied and you're not in your heart space and you don't have access to your spirit that that's the only time that can take up mind space Okay, so that's a lot because you just used the word embodied. And I think for the first time, I've got a pretty clear definition of what that actually might possibly maybe look like or feel like. Hmm. Can you take us into that language? Because we often use words that mean something to us, but maybe not mm -hmm. to other people. And embodied is one that I don't get very easily. Yeah. And, and no... <laughs> you and 99% of people because we're in a mind dominant society. So, you know, do you know any clients I've had that do yoga and they run and they, they meditate and they do the calm app thing, but they're doing it from their head. They're scanning their body from their head. They're still not feeling the sensations and experience of being in your body because it hasn't been valued. No one is your, to your point, no one's created a case for it enough that is that's grounded enough, right? There's a lot of woo woo speak out there, but it's kind of like, oh, okay, but I don't want to dance around with purple scarves. I want to make a million dollars or whatever the thing is, right? So some people haven't really gone on board with it, but true embodiment is your instinct and your intuition, um, a deep sense of confidence because you're here. Um, charisma like you walk in it, you know i i walk in a room because i'm embodied and you know it's other people that tell me this they're like oh 
I just can't help but I have to look at you. And it's not because I'm tall, it's because I'm here. <laughs> okay. So embodiment would look like being present in your body and being hundred percent in the moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're getting closer to this. All Good. right. But I, I really am a big proponent of taking concepts and turning them into what I call cups, which is something that's concrete, universal, and picturable. Mm -hmm. So one of the benefits of understanding embodiment and this concept of transformation is that you then show up as totally present yes. in a room, which not such a bad idea because it does make you stand out in a room. Mm -hmm. But that presupposes that you feel safe standing Absolutely. out of the room. Everything to do is safe. When you're really embodied, you feel fundamentally safe. Got it. Okay. So it actually solves the problem that prevents people from seeking it because they don't feel safe. They don't feel safe to stand out in a room. Mm -hmm. well, it, well, the thing about presence is that you won't always stand out in the room. Like it's kind of my nature. I am 5'10". I am a speaker. I am a singer. So there is this tiger a tiger walked in the room energy but if you're more of like aardvark energy or or like something a little more subtle you could still walk in the room but but there is a palpable difference mm -hmm. someone owns that particular frequency and energy of who they truly are mm -hmm. even if it's not jazz hands energy and that's the thing we over I value this kind of like entertainment, um, sports star, extrovert world. But somebody who is deeply present doesn't need to be something they're not. And there's something just one, another person will feel safe with them. Another person will feel like they can be themselves with that person. Got it. Got mm -hmm. it. Got it. Great distinction. Okay, mm -hmm. good. So we're starting to parse this out a little bit because the language that you're using to describe this is such beautiful imagery of this idea of actually being satisfied, of mm -hmm. feeling at peace, of feeling confident, and of the sense of deep worth. So those are the ones that I've written down out of what you've said so far, because they were just like, they answer basic human needs. Mm -hmm. Where else does this show up? this shift that you've been guiding people through what else changes what other changes do they have um you know a lot of them will come wanting an, uh, a certain outcome but then the other areas of their lives change so when you change your relationship to yourself fundamentally your relationship to yourself is what i'm working with people on a lot of the time mm -hmm. your relationship to reality itself changes and therefore the relationships around you shift and change. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people have been like, oh, my husband just suddenly is doing the things I've always wanted him to do, or he's just kind of more chill or, you know, they're, it's, but be, they're not trying to change the person. They have changed. Mm -hmm which is where you have power to change. You have power to change yourself. So they'll, they'll, uh, you know, somebody else got the promotion they wanted and they,
because they weren't just, where's my thing? Where's my thing? Where's my thing? As soon as they were like, I know my worth, I know who I am. What do I love to do? You know, when we, I don't, I could take this job or leave it on a fundamental level. I don't tell people to quit their jobs, but the feeling of I have to, and I need it. And oh my gosh, if I lost this, that scarcity. Ah, so, so you also kind of feel a sense of being taken care of by the universe, but in a more fundamental way to that, um, you're not like scrounging and, and scrambling to get the thing there's there. You kind of turn on your magnet, your magnetic energy. I call it be the flower, not the bee. Ah, there we go. Great analogy. Yeah. So a lot of people can identify with, and I could in my twenties, I was, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to write a book. And, oh, and I was like drowning in my per perpetual potential and never feeling like I was getting anywhere. Oh, I love that. Drowning in your perpetual. Per yeah. Perpetual potential. Wow. Because <laughs> there were all these things, but I would, I never just landed in them and just was like, okay, I'm here and I'm doing this thing right now. Like that maturity as well. You know, there's like this beautiful, vibrant maturity about it. Grounded maturity. Uh, I like the idea of vibrant maturity. Yeah. I, it, maturity always sounded like, um, you know, mature wisdom often sounded to me like somebody was just too tired. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. Um, so now that I'm a woman of a certain age, it's like, ah. I like the idea of vibrant maturity. <laughs> yeah, because all of those shackles and the old program and the things that you, you things you've dragged with you because you never learned how to let go of them mm -hmm. are, are, aren't pulling on your energy anymore. Yeah. And then you can just be and then use that presence, energy, embodiment to create. And the other thing is, I want to say this is you can hear your voice louder than the noise. Ah, okay. So this is a pathway to actually being able to hear your inner voice, your voice louder than the noise. I like that. That's yeah. Because if you're not here, ah, the voice is always here. Whether you're here is within your control, but we have been so apart from it and we've been reacting to noise for so long that you know, I, when I talk about training the mind, I talk about, it's like training a puppy. So it's just this innocent being that doesn't know any difference. So don't get mad at yourself. It's a slow training, which is what I teach, right? So there's this resourcing method is all about how to do this in pragmatic, easy ways that aren't overwhelming. And easy. I like that pragmatic and easy. Or you won't do it. <laughs> I mean, I've what worked with human that? beings my whole life. They're like, we're, you just won't do it. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it is very true because especially, well, unless there's a dramatic reason for change. Yeah. And sometimes even when there is a dramatic reason for change, we don't. I mean, we are genetically encoded to resist change. Mm -hmm. because it wasn't safe for the caveman. So it's mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. brains still think it's not safe. So bringing this conversation into the forefront that says, let's talk about what would be better in your life if you actually embodied 
yourself and your body, if you actually decided mm -hmm. to transform. Mm -hmm. And so we've got these wonderful emotional states. What else changed for you or for the clients that you work with? Well, for me, which will just, which is what happens with the clients. Cause here's the thing. It was, it was like, oh, life doesn't have to be so hard. It was kind of just like once I started to learn these things and then I would hear it again in philosophy and I would hear it again in psychology. And once you just kind of get, oh, this is, this is everywhere. Okay. So, and so I learned from, I just want to say this. So I learned from shamans. I learned from indigenous wisdom mm -hmm. and shamanism has been on every continent since humans have been here. And their practices were the same before the internet. There was, there was these similarities this mm -hmm. connection to the earth. So to me, nature was always the thing that made me feel at home. Meaning like I didn't have to think, I wasn't thinking I was there. The same thing with singing. Those were, those were states I would get into. So for me, it was the ability to take those moments where I'd felt like me in the world and extend that period of time so that that became my life rather than these glimpses of, of safety and presence and all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, it actually spread through my life. Got it. All right. So the glimpses were happening when you were out in nature, when you were singing, you had the moments of experiencing embodiment and then developing the practices that allowed you to expand that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to oh, say embodiment, uh, what is essentially from a, from a shamanic perspective, my spirit fully being in my body. Got it. So, so not like body here and spirit roaming off. Yeah. Gone to visit somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like stuck in purse pieces of the past and stuck in traumatic moments and just stuck at the store okay. <laughs> because you were just so ungrounded. <laughs> just... Oh. This is really, really important. This, this piece right here, this visualization of where my essence, where my spirit could, could get detached, could get stuck away from mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the fact that it, it could be as mundane as you know it's still in the store yeah yeah it, it doesn't have to be major dramas and traumas absolutely not no we just like what we just got we we're so used to being disembodied and we're so used to being fragmented mm -hmm. and, and then there's just this socialization about it that that's how we relate to others and then when people learn another way and that there is another way they're very interested like i i'm not the work I do isn't for everybody because some people are just like, well, I don't just don't want to do that. And I just don't see the point in that. But those that do are passionate about it. They've been seeking. They've been wanting this. They've been smelling it, too. They've been like, but I had it when I was on the beach in Cabo. Where'd it go? How can I get it back? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they know they want it or they've had that that glimpse of it and that taste of it. And they just don't know how to get it back. Right. Cause you can't do it from the doing, right. That's this new way of being that anybody and everybody can learn. Cause it's your nature. That's an interesting point that it is our nature to be embodied. Yeah. 
So we're kind of born that way. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. Have hands. Yeah. So, so that's our nature. And then life happens. And, and then we forgot. We forget. We forget. We're forgetting the thing. So this is about when you're ready to remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's so good about remembering is coming back into a space where you can be in your life. Mm -hmm. um, when I realized that I was spending very little time in my life, I could get to the end of the day and not know what I did that day. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first clue that yeah. There was something about the, my languaging around it was, if I don't change this, I'm going to get to the end of my life, never having lived my life. And so it was from that point that, and, and I equated it then with the fact that I was following other people's judgments, opinions, and expectations. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't equate it with a lack of embodiment because hadn't had this conversation with you. No, I mean, you won't. You're, you know, no one's waking up at 2 a.m. going, you know, lack an embodiment, can't <laughs> sleep. Like, that's not the thing. Like, the thing is I'm running out of time. Am I here? Ah. You know, like that panic of, of, of Life is not, by. right? Life is passing you by You can't and you can't get it back. Like today, me being Jenna, is not going to happen again. So, you know, some people will spiritually bypass and be like, but you're an infinite being with infinite timelines and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I'm also this, this, this human this experience is happening here and it's happening without me most of the time. Yeah. If, if that's that, right. If that's what we just don't do anything about it. And we're like, where, where'd my day. And this is what, this is your, your bang on. So many people get, you know, they get through and they do their best, you know, they wake up tired and they wake up stressed and they're already behind and it's 7 a.m. And they have all this intention of all the self-care and the stuff they're going to do, but then they don't get to it because life happens and kids happen and things pull you. And then it's nighttime and then they're too tired to do the thing they really want to do. Mm -hmm. And then they do it all over again. So this process of becoming more embodied more in more present in your life in in your body that's experiencing life is actually a cure for that whole um i want to call it groundhog day the rat race yeah the hamster wheel yeah hamster wheel ramble like just yeah and lots they, of rodents <laughs> yeah lots of rodents involved here uh, <laughs> What's really interesting for me is this idea because we've been talking about self-care at different points of the summit. And yes. what gets in the way is what you just described. What gets in the way is the hamster wheel existence mm -hmm. as opposed to living. Yeah. So it's I call it reacting versus creating as well. So okay. when you learn to be a creator again, which is your nature, um, because we're, you know, we're predator animals, like we're predator mammals, right? We're high on the food chain, but a lot of us are scrambling around like rodents. I mean, that's what's so interesting that the, there's those sayings, but that, you know, when you look at a tiger, they don't have to prove 
anything and they're very mm. impressive <laughs> you know they do they could be napping and that's okay for them and we forget that so when we can um retune our relationship to ourselves so that we're intentionally weaving this isn't doing an hour of yoga and an hour of this and eating all organic like these like it's weaving in small pieces of who you really are into your day so that self-care isn't just this thing people do that it's not external to your day yes. it's, it's an integral part of your day yes and that's why i call like weaving it in in increments mm -hmm. And, and that's really interesting too, because we have a system called time. Yes, we do. And then we have systems for managing ourselves in time. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones that I hear people talking about a lot is something called time blocking. Yeah. And it's like, it's all about what am I doing mm -hmm. for each of these segments? And I can see where the focus on that could actually be a problem. If used from a place of only doing, I love intentional time blocking. Okay, good. It, Tell me about and, intentional time blocking. So it isn't about, okay, from one to two, this, and from this to that, this, and to this, to that, that. So like, it's, it's like, you can't come from, even though that might be what you end up doing, but you can't come from this sort of, um, militant, uh, forced thinking okay if that makes sense i'm getting it um and and i get i'm probably a challenging person for this because my no, dad was a sergeant and my mom was a teacher and my grandfather <laughs> was a preacher so i had somebody who taught me what to do and who, who told me what to do told me what to think and told me what to believe so mm -hmm. you know i mean i know where my disembodiment came from it came oh, yeah. from that triangle that i was raised yeah. with. oh yeah and so now that I'm coming into a place of going, what do, what do I experience in my world? What do I want to do? And, mm -hmm. and this is a, a journey for me. So this conversation is lovely. And I'm like, all right, <sighs> baby step me. Because I'm almost getting it. But the concept of time blocking, I understand that from the outside, time blocking might look like time blocking whether it was done from my head or from uh, an embodied place, mm -hmm. what would be different? Well, this is the whole talk today is the doing from being. So, you know, uh, once you, so let's talk about meditation briefly, and then I'm going to talk about time blocking. So I'm sure you talked about this during the summit, but meditation isn't not thinking thoughts. Um, no. Thoughts will happen. It is training the puppy. No, stay. No, 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 stay. You don't have to say, shut up, you idiot. Or you're so dumb. Why don't you get this? Or we should be doing this right. You know, my favorite is when I'm teaching, you know, Sean Taylor was saying about teaching live and he misses teaching live. I'm going to talk about time blocking. Don't worry, I got you. Uh, when people are like, you know, they're like peeking to make sure they get it right. And they're adorable. It's so funny. Like we're just such a cute species of beings, right? Like we're just, but we like, we're so harsh with ourselves. So it's like bringing back these elements of wonder and awe and possibility and openness 
as you do something like time blocking. So it's not just you're doing that. That's just like, then you're just like breaking up the hamster wheel day. Yeah. <laughs> into pieces of a pie. That's and, not and what I, so yeah. How I would use the tool of time blocking would be what are the three, I would like get real tuned in, get into my heart space. What are the three things I need to move forward today? Got it. So it's not how much can I get done? What are the things I should be doing? It is the checking in with what are the three things that are important for me? Yeah. What What's going to like really like be important today? And that comes from a whole big arc of, you know, your why and this kind of stuff. But But for most people, if they just start with getting more intentional about each day, that is going to start bridging out and then they can ask the bigger questions. And then again, they're not so scary because you've built up confidence. Confidence, you're not born with confidence. Confidence is built up. So stop trying to be confident, you know? Um, it, you know, my psychotherapy teacher said, <laughs> she shakes my hand, gives me the diploma, and she goes, uh, you're gonna teach people confidence. And I was like, it's the strangest thing because I feel deeply inherently unworthy. Like I had so much shame that I'm going to teach people confidence. What? But I had this thing, this thing where no matter what, it's who I was. It was what my essence was. And so she could see my essence, but the voices in my head weren't letting me feel and experience my own essence. And that's actually another thing that's just arose from that moment. So, you know, we don't normally see our own essence. Got it. Right. And and so you're now, I'm going to just stick with this story for a minute because you're now an adult. You've just gotten your <laughs> diploma in therapy. Yeah. And, and so in this story, you've done the things that adults do to feel confident and yet you're not feeling confident. Well, okay. um, I still did not feel confident then. And when I really started to feel confident was a whole mishmash of things. So I had been working with my shamanic mentor and he talked about this, this concept of center. Mm. And when you're, when you are in your center, you know what to do, when to do it, how to do it. That's what I was looking for. When you are in your center, shamanic term, embodied, your term, mm -hmm. you know what to do, when to do, how to do. Yeah. Like imagine, right? Imagine your own crystal ball <laughs> where, where, and then that's the freedom piece. Yeah. That's freedom how that, a lot of different things. Yeah. How that came about was he and I were talking and I'm all in my head, blah, 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 blah. We all, you know, we all do that. And then he just starts walking this way and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, energy's going this way. I'm going this way now. And that's when he told me about the concept of center. You just follow the energy because you're a clear receptor. So the con a concept in shamanism is becoming a hollow bone. Um, or like a wind instrument. It's like, you're not in the way of your own intelligence that you were born with and always supposed to have access to. And the reason we feel unworthy, not good enough, not confident is because we disconnect from it. 
Ah, okay. So getting back grounded into the self and simple practices. And you talked a little bit about some of the meditation being one. And, and yes, meditation is not about having an empty mind. It's about sort of having a managed mind. It's about, yeah, you manage your mind, you access your heart center. We didn't talk about emotions as energy and emotions as direction, um, which they are. They're deeply misunderstood. Oh, there we go. I like misunderstood emotions. Let's take the short course and, and yes, yes. The, well, the short course is there's no bad emotion. They all have their own thing. It's just that when they, one gets stuck or one gets, um, you know, focused on too much, we can, we can get lost in that. When we come from our head, the emotional center in the heart and the body allows for all emotions to move, right? Emotion, energy in motion. Yep. To move. So emotions don't happen to you. They're part of you, right? So we'll have like an emotion and we'll, we will feel like it's like an alien or something, or just like, oh, I'm depressed. And we're talking about teen suicide prevention. So let's not joke about mental health and stuff like that. However, depression can feel like an alien has come into your body and you don't know what to do with it. Well, so right? can anger. I can be hijacked by my anger. Oh yeah. And yeah. women and conditioning around anger is insane. Anger is energy to act. Anger is energy of like, you're in my space. Mm -hmm. There's lots of information and intelligence from emotion. So it's been misunderstood. So we don't let ourselves feel our feelings. Mm. that's the short story. We don't let ourselves feel our feelings because of multitudes of programming and societal stuff and training, mm -hmm. right? So it's no one's fault, whatever. Yeah. It's true for both men and women. Yo, boys oh, yeah. cry. Yo, oh, it, yeah. it is all about, um, and it's a lot of it is safe. It's a safety thing. Um, at least in, that's my experience of it is that it doesn't feel safe to feel. Because of, because of the, yeah, because I, right, you know what I mean? Just the collective misunderstanding about it. Mm -hmm. When you can start to feel safe, you know, like with my clients will start in our session, right? Where like my being, like any good guide, any good coach, any good Sherpa, we talked about Sherpas in the last one, um, allows them to feel safe to feel. Then now they know how that feels and they go, oh. So then they do it in their room at night or in the bathtub or in their car. Mm -hmm. right? Where they're safe, they're becoming, and I, I talk about um, a triangle of being. So your inner child, your inner adult and your higher self. And then there's your center of being, right? Your human and your being. So your, your human, your animal, your relationships, your, your here physical world. And then you have this being place, your mm -hmm. spirit, your consciousness, all that kind of stuff, but your, your inner child, your adult and your higher self. Mm -hmm. So the inner child is that what we call emotions, right? Like when you're being childish or you're being this. So we're, we're, we're judging these emotions, but they're information centers, they're energy for us, right? That's why like mature can feel so blah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? If you don't bring all that energy with you. Yeah. If you've labeled these emotional states as childish, then you cut them off from yes. your present self, unless you're willing to be childish, which, mm -hmm. yeah, childish, childlike, they played a lot with the language a couple of decades ago around this. And I'm like, let's just 
say that you're willing to experience the world as a child. Yeah. Well, we're, it's funny to me because like, we're just because you turn 18 doesn't mean all of those qualities go away. We just sort of start to figure it out. Like, with, do you remember when you realized like your teachers in school and you became that age, like say 23, 24, 25, I had young teachers. And then you're like, wow, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I just, I'm 38 now. And when I grew up through that sort of 25 to 35 years, I was like, no one knows what they're doing. We're just trying to figure it out. Like it was just this epiphany for me. But you know, what I like to say is the word innocence. Mm. I like to say the word innocence because we have all of these ideas of who we should be and how we should be and how we should win and na 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 na. And we could just like, oh, just stop. Just like, who do you want to be today? Who are you really? How do you want to live this day today? Like that, that just like presence, right? Mm -hmm. So, so our emotional self is a form of intelligence, but again, we, we don't understand it. So we don't get to use this emotional intelligence. We don't get to use this energy as a part of our being. Absolutely true. Okay. So that's really interesting because I'm having this idea that when we have access to this energy, this child-like how we are at our essence anyway, energy. Yeah. It would change how people perceive us. We, our energy would hit people different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, it would just hit people differently than, than it does when we're coming from the life is this way. Yeah, which isn't our nature, right? So this is kind of like when it all comes, it all comes back into the same circle of there is a way of being where you're already enough. You're literally unconditionally enough already done. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to give everybody some guidance because yeah. I appreciate this great gift. All right. This is just amazing. This is the easy peasy simple tool to create new relationship to yourself and to the foundations of the life that you want. So the well-being checklist. All right. So what are people supposed to do with this checklist? How would they use it? Well, this is, this is, this is everything we've been talking about goes into the checklist. So your relationship to yourself. Okay. It's your life. Okay. So this isn't a checklist that you do the things Jenna says you should do. This is, and this is in your, um, so for those of you who download it, you'll get a handout that explains how to do the checklist, <laughs> but for you, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're all desperately afraid to get things wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. We're just like, we won't even do something if we think we're going to get it wrong and we don't know how to get it right. So listen, this is your checklist for yourself to create those micro steps, those weaving in. Ah. moments and you would ask yourself what makes me me so it's going to help us find the answers to that yes well. and, and and so that's a beautiful beautiful gift yes. so a checklist that gives us guidance back to what makes me me what makes us ourselves and then you'd use it every day <laughs> so there that you really train more of your essence more of your being every day 
And that, that creates, that starts to weave you back into that inherent worth of yep. who you really are, because it's your relationship to yourself that you're taking seriously. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm delighted for it. And I really appreciate Jenna, the generosity of both your gift and of your time today. This was a very lovely conversation into a world that I've heard about, but didn't understand. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I loved your questions because they're so everyone else's questions. They're like, okay, but how? But then what? What do I get? <laughs> you know, like that is how we feel. Well, yeah. And and when it comes to personal development, when it comes to getting reconnected with myself, when it comes to all of these things. For years and years and years, some of these programs have been a lot of hard work. I mean, they took a lot of effort. And so now I'm realizing that it doesn't have to be that way. And mm -hmm. I'm attracting people like you who have very easy peasy, kinder, gentler ways to reprogram and retrain the brain. So I am delighted and just thank you very, very much for being yeah. willing to come on the show.